I must start with Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world. Uh, Joseph did a video the other day at the time, at the time, Seattle's, Seattle, uh, their elections and Washington state's elections are a little different because it's vote by mail. So you don't get the results like that night. Uh, you get it over a, co- a, co- a series of days. So on the evening of election night, uh, Tuesday of this week, um, not covered nationally, but one of the biggest champions of workers in America, huge, huge, big, big progressive fighter, Shama Sawant, which Ty uh, had come with me when we were in Seattle. We covered it a couple months ago. Uh, The rampant homelessness in Seattle, in large part brought to you by Jeff Bezos and Amazon, because rent has gone up in Seattle 70% in five years. So Amazon and Jeff Bezos, they run Seattle, they run Washington state, and basically they're running the country at this point. Uh, There's no regulation. Frankly, if I'm keeping it real, the one thing that I think um, Elizabeth Warren, if you want to take, if you want to give her the benefit of the doubt, the one plan that I do think is sharp from her is breaking up Amazon and breaking up Facebook. I think that's a good plan. I'd like Bernie to talk about, break them up too. Because Amazon, other than NAFTA, other than the TPP, other than these trade deals, Amazon has done more to put small business out of business in America than anyone else in this country. Um, We have Walmart, too. We have antitrust laws. We have monopoly laws that are not being enforced. And Amazon is, is the preeminent um, monopoly. So Amazon has very little resistance in the federal government. Very few politicians go after them. Very few politicians go after them on the state level. But there is one fighter on the Seattle level, a socialist named Shama Sawant. And Shama Sawant was successful in Seattle. And if you, if you live in Seattle, you know what I'm talking about. In, originally, the city council in Seattle was going to propose or pass a, something called a head tax, where Amazon workers and companies like Microsoft, Boeing, large multi-billion dollar corporate conglomerates, were going to have to pay $250 per employee to go towards affordable housing and go towards improving the homelessness issue. Be- that in large part that has resulted from Amazon. You know, when Amazon comes in, yes, the average, the average salary of Amazon is six figures, but as a result, it, the city's prices go sky high. It's gentrification. So in some ways, Amazon can be looked at as a good thing, technology, convenience, but a lot of these tech companies, not just Amazon, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, you know, all these, they have, they have brought in this Silicon Valley bubble that is making the people native to Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Jose, many other uh, places on the West Coast and around the country, not be able to live where they grew up because they can't afford it anymore. When, when Ty and I went, literally, it's not like New York City where you see homeless people kind of spread out into like corners. You have luxury new gentrified condos and right next to it are tent cities of homeless people. So Shama Sawant, has been fighting Jeff Bezos and Amazon for many years as a wildly successful and popular city councilwoman in Seattle. That's not good for business. And Jeff Bezos don't like that progressive resistance. 
So Jeff Bezos and Amazon dumped $1.5 million into a city council election. $1.5 million is chump change when you're talking about presidential run, Senate campaign. For a city council race, $1.5 million is an obscene, obscene amount of money. Just to give you the background here. The company is supporting the business-friendly candidate who is running against Sawant in this week's election and who was holding a narrow lead as ballot counting continued Thursday afternoon. Voting ended Thursday, but counting all the mail-in ballots could take another few days. With about half of expected ballots counted, Egon Orion, a small business advocate and LGBTQ community leader, had 51%. Sawant had 49% having clawed back three percentage points since the initial count on Tuesday. In 2013, Sawant overcame a seven-point initial margin to win her first two-year term. So, basically, on election night, it was looking very good for Jeff Bezos and very bad, very bad for Shama Sawant. I think on election night, she was down six to seven points, and it looked like we were going to lose one of the most progressive warriors in the country. She doesn't have the national name recognition among progressives that like obviously a Bernie or like a Nina Turner does. But, you know, hardcore progressives know who Shama Sawant is. Um, She is a huge fighter for rent control in Seattle. Uh, Everything from Fight for 15, Medicare for All, Green New Deal, the long list of progressive priorities, she's on it. So Jeff Bezos was looking, it was looking like, oh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon successfully knocked out their their main, the thorn in their side, Shama Sawant. Well, it looks like she's coming back. We don't know. We don't know what the final results are going to be because, like I said, she, uh, it's, it's mail-in ballot. It's mail-in ballot in Seattle. But she was behind by eight points on election night. Now, looks like she's down by two with more ballots to count. So even with $1.5 million pumped in against her, I don't live in Seattle, so I could only imagine what the television ads look like against her. It looks like Shama Sawant is going to have a chance, a chance at keeping her city council seat, even with an obscene amount of money from Jeff Bezos and Amazon. So I'm not going to declare victory because it's not over, but she was down eight points. Now she's down two points. So it looks like the ballots left to be counted overwhelmingly are favoring her. And there's a chance that she will keep her seat, which would be a major victory and a major defeat of Amazon and Jeff Bezos. Because there are very few thorns in Jeff Bezos and Amazon's uh, side. And she is fighting them. And that's why they're trying to get rid of her. So I'm not going to play the whole thing. But for those of you that don't know who I'm talking about, here's just a tiny little bit of the one of the one parts of the interview we did with Shama Sawant uh, in Seattle a couple months ago. Um, the Trump tax cuts that were passed in November 2017, they, they meant that the most profitable corporations got further tax cuts beyond the already um, cozy tax deals that they have had in the past. So Amazon, which doubled its profits from $5.6 billion to over $11 billion, and we're talking about profits, not revenues, which doubled its profits between 2017 and 2018, paid not a cent of taxes. 
And you should tell your dad, he paid more taxes <laughs> than Amazon has ever paid in its entire existence. And not only did the, the corporation not pay any taxes, they got a rebate, tax rebate of $129 million because of the Trump tax cuts, you know, putting so much uh, towards uh, tax cuts for the wealthy and big business. And so, uh, you know, if your dad has never gotten anything like that, a tax rebate of anything like that, then he should join the socialist <laughs> movement to change society because he's not the one uh, who is not one of the people benefiting from the way capitalism functions. And I think you, uh, you hit upon a very important point, which is that uh, there are a lot of people who identify as rank and file Republican Party supporters who are actually very unhappy about the way this country has uh, functioned in many years and have the same kind of anger against corporate politicians that you and I do, even though we are on the left. And so it's really actually, it's a, it's a, it's a reminder for those of us who are trying to build movements, social movements, it's a reminder for us that we cannot set up artificial boundaries against ordinary people who may join our movement if we made a good case to them. And that's why uh, it, it's, it's critical that we make a distinction between ordinary people who identify as Republican and the power brokers at the top, which is the Republican politicians and big business themselves who may either support the Democratic establishment or the Republican establishment. No wonder Jeff Bezos wants to get rid of her. It is obscene, obscene that Amazon is able to dump in $1.5 million to take out one politician who has the courage and conviction to take them on. Shama Sawant, I hope she wins. Like I said, right now, it looks like she's down two points. But this is why... On the national level, Bernie Sanders and what he stands for is so important because it's not just on a federal and state level that big business has taken over. It's on the local level. Uh, Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg thinks what the world, what the world is missing is him. So Michael Bloomberg looks at Bernie Sanders surging in the polls. Bernie is now within shooting distance in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, California, behind in South Carolina, where Joe Biden looks pretty good. And Michael Bloomberg says, oh no, we can't allow this Medicare for all. And frankly, I think he sees that Joe Biden is a walking, walking, walking Titanic. So Michael Bloomberg is now deciding to get into the race. Of course, there is zero, zero appetite for Michael Bloomberg in this race. There's not a, a, there's not a portion of America clamoring for Michael Bloomberg to get into this race. But a plutocrat's going to be a plutocrat. And Michael Bloomberg, he must, he must get into this race. And apparently, apparently, Chuck Todd and the other elitist on cable news, apparently they think that there's some silent majority out there that's clamoring 
clamoring for Michael Bloomberg. Let's let's take a look. This this will give you a chuckle. Let's take a look at, at Chuck Todd. Who's to his left? Well, Beto. Beto was to his left okay. on guns, but he's not going to be a factor Beto, any yeah. longer. Right? Uh, I mean, so... Also the governor of... Uh, of uh, you well, can make an argument that... Bloomberg has embraced the Green New... new yeah, I don't think he's embraced that. Priorities. I agree. So that's one area where he actually is more to the center than, than she is. You know, in the smoke-filled room, you'd say, on paper, Bloomberg has the right balance of what you want to win a broad election. Maybe not a deep election, but if you're trying to win the suburban, the ex-suburban Republican which, by the way, Michael Bloomberg's an ex-suburban, arguably an ex-urban Republican. And at the same time, you care about these core progressive issues like guns uh, and climate. It, 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 it ain't just somebody buying an election. No, I'm trying to think of Michael Bloomberg as the nominee in western Pennsylvania. I know what you're thinking. The suburbs of Michigan, the Michigan suburbs, the Ohio suburbs, the Wisconsin suburbs. By the way, there's only one money made for him. Huh? It's the same running mate Joe Biden has to pick, and it's the same money mate Pete Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg has to pick. It's Stacey Abrams, by the way. They, there's nobody else that you, Bloomberg can match up with if he someone got this nomination than Stacey Abrams. Why? Yes. I think he has to have a person of color. Huh? I think he needs a diversity on the ticket, person of color, no? Uh, I, I don't know what he would need. I'm just trying to think of uh, Bloomberg selling nationally in the nitty-gritty of the key swing places. Maybe he can. But I didn't think New York City, but I thought that was a problem for Trump. Like, I think we all thought New York City doesn't sell in America. And yet, what were the two nominees? Well, Trump was the candidate from The Apprentice. He wasn't the candidate from New York. I just think the New York And the guy that talks their language, which Michael Bloomberg doesn't. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what part of that. I don't know what part of that was worse. The fact that Chuck Todd is pushing Michael Bloomberg or the fact that Chuck Todd just casually was like, yeah, just throw with a black woman. That'll do him good. Just push the, throw the black woman on the ticket with him. Michael Bloomberg and a black woman. That's the ticket. I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything against Stacey Abrams. I mean, I don't think she's a capital P progressive, but... I think she's a dynamic uh, woman, and I think she did a great job and had the election stolen from her in Georgia. But how ridiculous and insulting for Chuck Todd to just be like, well, you know, automatic, Stacey Abrams. You put Stacey Abrams or Michael Bloomberg, look out, America. And <laughs> it's like he's working for Bloomberg. That's how I. That's how I took it. And the funniest thing is he's like, Oh, you know, you have Michael Bloomberg on these two core progressive issues, guns and climate. What do you think? There's not enough strong progressives on gun and climate? Bernie Sanders currently is polling number one in who will best uh, handle the climate crisis. Number one. Of course, guns is an important issue, but... Bernie's calling for an assault weapons ban. I mean, he's calling for very progressive issues. Warren, too. And by the way, Chuck Todd, guns and climate change is not the top progressive issue. Healthcare is the top progressive issue. You're a pretty crappy political analyst, if you don't know that. But this is the insanity of the 
journalism industry we have, you literally have elitist pigs who make gods, goobles, gobbles and gobbles of money. I mean, Chuck Todd is making millions of dollars a year to be that elitist and stupid. And they are framing the discussion on who is electable and who is not. There is no audience at all. There is no demographic at all. There is no clamoring for Michael Bloomberg. The only clamoring for Michael Bloomberg is people like Chuck Todd. But I'll tell you what. It's going to help Bernie Sanders if Michael Bloomberg gets into the race. The more billionaires, the better. Because Michael Bloomberg needs to explain how his policies as New York City mayor from stop and frisk, from tax cuts for billionaires, corporations, how his policy prescriptions for America is going to end this new gilded age we live in. Yeah, he might, uh, he might, have, he might have thrown a lot of money towards gun control and the climate crisis, and that's great. Even some billionaires do the right thing. But that doesn't mean he has any business being in a Democratic presidential race. He, don't, he is, exact, his thinking is exactly the sickness we have in America. That if we just had more investment from billionaires, we'd just be better. Oh, income inequality? Yeah, we could throw a couple things. That'll fix that around the edges. He doesn't see a problem with income inequality. He thrives because of income inequality. And that's why Michael Bloomberg is trying to get into this race. That's why Wall Street is scared. Wall Street is scared out of their damn minds. And I love this notion that, you know, you're seeing all these articles. It's almost like Elizabeth Warren's campaign is planting with like CNBC and Politico, these stories, to make it seem like Wall Street is most scared of Elizabeth Warren. Wall Street is so scared of Elizabeth Warren, who's going around the country having hot tea with the Democratic Party establishment. Elizabeth Warren, who's been on every single side of the fence on whether she's going to take big money in the general or she's not. I'm, I'm not going to take it during the primary, but I'm going to take big money during the general. Wait, I'm not going to take big money during the general. Wait, I won't personally take big money during the general, but I will raise money for the DNC in the general, which will come to me anyway. Like, who the heck knows? Who can follow with Elizabeth Warren? Every day is different. As all these billionaires are getting in the race, the media is creating this alternate reality, this total alternate reality. So this is from Politico a few days ago. Why the media is biased against Elizabeth Warren. Literally, and Jen could tell you, I, I hate, I hate the term LOL. I'd just rather be like, oh, I just laughed out loud. I have not laughed out loud in a long time. But when I saw this article, why the media is biased against Elizabeth Warren, which was so laughable, so ridiculous that Politico actually had to change the headline. Now they changed the headline because that was ridiculous to one big thing the Dems get wrong about Warren. Yeah, the media has been biased for Elizabeth Warren, not against her. Are you kidding me? But... It's like as Michael Bloomberg gets into the race, 
as as uh, Tom Steyer continues throwing his money around, which we're about to get to. Oh, you, you keep seeing these articles. Oh, Wall Street's terrified of Elizabeth Warren. Wall, uh, oh, the media is biased against Elizabeth Warren. Stop writing press releases that Elizabeth Warren's campaign sends you. Stop writing talking points that Elizabeth Warren's campaign is sending you. Wall Street is not more scared of Elizabeth Warren than Bernie Sanders. Anyone who tells you that Wall Street is more scared of Elizabeth Warren, who literally, literally has been on every single side of the issue on money and politics, literally has been going around the country having hot tea with the who's who of the Democratic Party leadership, literally had a big, massive donor pay $100,000 to get her access to the DNC voter file, literally raised money at lavish fundraisers during her 2018 Senate campaign, Martha's Vineyard, Silicon Valley, uh, New York City, Washington, D.C. She did very big fundraisers with rich people. Uh, a New York Times article said people said, oh, she's more, she's more pragmatic in conversation behind closed doors. And then she just transferred that money over to her presidential campaign. That's why she had all the money to begin with. She had $10 million to start. And then she says, oh, I don't do big fundraisers. Yeah, you did it during your Senate campaign, and you just transferred the money over. It's an accounting trick. So the bottom line is I don't think she's as bad as Trump. I disagree with a lot of viewers who wouldn't vote for her over Trump. I would. I don't think we could afford another four years of Donald Trump. And I'm not going to be uh, – I'm not risking the planet Earth for perfection this time around. We don't have much more time. The planet is burning. The Amazon is burning. We cannot risk Donald Trump staying president. I don't want her to be the nominee. I don't think she'll be the nominee. But I'm just not going to lie to you and say I think she's as bad as Donald Trump. That's not true. However, let's keep it real. She's not Bernie Sanders. And the, these media outlets that put out the media is biased against Elizabeth Warren. If there is a company... You remember there was a company that did an analysis of Donald Trump's free media coverage in 2016? He got between 3 to $5 billion in free advertising. I don't know what Elizabeth Warren has gotten, but Elizabeth Warren has gotten tens of millions of dollars in free advertising. MSNBC practically slobbers all, all over her. Same with CNN, New York Times, the Washington Post compared Elizabeth Warren doing selfies with freedom fighter and abolitionist hero Frederick Douglass's photos. Give me a break. I think they are making a smart analysis to go double down and triple down that Bernie Sanders is the Green New Deal candidate because that's super, super important to Iowa. Climate change is ravaging farms in Iowa. A lot uh, the the extreme storms that happened earlier in this year are, have ruined a lot of the farmers' land for farming. So climate change is a major issue in Iowa, and Bernie Sanders is doubling and tripling down on that. And I don't know the date. I don't know the date, Jen. If you if you have it or you can get it for me, but Bernie, uh, uh, Congresswoman Ocasio Cortez, uh, Naomi Klein, who is about to endorse Bernie, and other big, big figures in the fight against uh, climate change are getting together in Iowa, I think this weekend, but maybe this coming week. Um, So I think Bernie is pressing the right buttons.
And I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't read the full thing, but he did just come out with a immigration reform plan that got a lot of good, good response uh, among uh, immigration rights and immigration reform advocates. So uh, I think Bloomberg entering the race is good for Bernie. Probably good for Warren, too. I feel bad for Elizabeth Warren on this. Elizabeth Warren, I mean, let's just call it what it is. She sold Bernie Sanders out in 2016. She suddenly forgot who's more progressive between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. She, d- she chose not to endorse during the primary. Well, we know why. I mean, WikiLeaks showed she was already angling with Hillary Clinton's campaign for a potential spot in a Clinton administration. I mean, usually when you make little deals like that, you get something in return later. Elizabeth Warren staying silent in that primary. I'm not saying it's why Hillary Clinton won, but it made a difference. Might have helped Bernie win Massachusetts. He only lost by 1%. Well, for that favor to Hillary Clinton to, to not endorse the actual progressive in the race, here's how Hillary Clinton just repaid Elizabeth Warren. Can't make it up. Mm-hmm. Do you support a wealth tax? You know, I, I don't know the details of it. I hear about it. I hear what it would cover. Um, I don't understand the mechanism that would be required. I would prefer to go the approach that I put forth when I ran. You know, that was, you know, I'm not, I'm not against, you know, raising uh, rates. I'm not against, you know, getting rid of things like carried interest, which I think have, uh, you know, gone way past their sell date. And there's a lot of other things that I would be uh, very willing to support. I just don't understand how that could work, and I don't see other examples anywhere in the world where it has actually worked over a long period of time. We used to have a wealth tax. It was called the estate tax. I would be all in favor of reinstating the estate tax because that is much more measurable. It is not as disruptive. You know, if you were going to do a wealth tax... And it was on assets, which, as I understand it, yep. is what they're looking to That's do. What they're looking to do with it. How you would value it is, you know, I think complicated to start with. But assume you could get some system of valuation. Uh, people would literally have to sell assets to pay the tax on the assets that they owed before the wealth tax was levied. That would be incredibly disruptive. So I think there are other ways to raise the revenues and ways that do get those who are... Uh, well off to pay more because I do think we've got to have that as part of our uh, effort to combat inequality and to, you know, really, I think it would do more to jumpstart, you know, people's initiative and uh, get back to a feeling we're all in this together. So I just think there are better ways of doing it. Let's just call it what it is. You know, Elizabeth Warren supporters won't like it, but we got to live in the real world. She sold Bernie down the river in 2016. I'm not saying her endorsing Bernie would have won it for Bernie, but it would have helped. It was the right thing to do if you're a progressive. So she sold Bernie down in the river thinking like Hillary Clinton was going to do something for her. And what is Hillary Clinton doing for her? Leaving her stranded on the other side of the river without a paddle. And by the way, it's not just Hillary Clinton slamming Warren or saying it won't work Warren's signature little plan, which, by the way, Warren's wealth tax is not a new thing. Bernie proposed it many years before. But putting that aside, Warren is also, uh, Hillary Clinton, unsurprisingly, has also come out against Warren's Medicare for All, 
plan, saying it would never get enacted, which is why she's not president, because Hillary Clinton was the no-we-can't candidate. Not that Donald Trump meant any of the things he said, but Hillary Clinton's message was no-we-can't. And now she can in the woods. You know, she loves going in the woods. So what, my, what I find so funny about this, what I found so funny about this, besides the fact that Hillary Clinton is just like unsurprisingly burned Hillary Clinton and, excuse me, Hillary Clinton is unsurprisingly burned um, <laughs> Elizabeth Warren and just stood her at the altar. Elizabeth Warren thought like, oh, if I, play, if I do for Hillary, if I scratch Hillary's back now, she'll scratch my back later. Not going to happen. But Hillary Clinton is, is just so full of shit. So let's take this through, ish, point by point. You're telling me America could figure out how to coordinate bombing nine countries at once? You're telling me America could figure out how to be in endless war around the world? How America could figure out how to give subsidies to Goldman Sachs, Pfizer, Raytheon, Boeing? How America could deregulate pretty much every industry that their donors, I'm talking about the politicians. American government is competent enough to do all of these things. But they're not competent enough to take a certain percentage of money out of the richest among us. Earnings, stock portfolio, whatever. It's so difficult. This is the argument you keep hearing from wealthy people like Hillary Clinton. It's not practical. It would be hard to enforce. It would be hard to figure out how to do it. Well, I think if we could figure out how to bomb eight or nine countries at once, I think if we could figure out how to spy on our citizens in mass surveillance all over the country, I think if we could figure out how to do facial recognition on our citizens without them knowing, I think if we could figure out a very, very convoluted, complicated system, how to basically suck as much money as humanly possible out of the sickest among us in a for-profit system, I think if we could figure out how to jail as many black and brown and indigenous people as possible in for-profit prisons, I could go on, folks. I think if we could figure out how to do all that, I think we could figure out how to take a certain percentage of Bill Gates' money, competently, and Jeff Bezos, and Tom Steyer, and Michael Bloomberg, and Chuck Todd, and all of these frauds. Can I get an amen? Oh, Tom Steyer. He's a billionaire, but he's a really, 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 really bad at corruption. The point of being corrupt is try not to get caught. And Tom Steyer and his campaign's corruption is so haphazard, is so terrible, that he got caught within like two weeks. Tom Steyer, you know, the guy who did the original, ready to impeach, essentially to build up an email list. So Tom Steyer's campaign was just caught, essentially offering bribes to local Iowa officials to endorse him in return for Tom Steyer donating to their political campaigns. I mean, this happens all the time. It's, you know, to be fair to Tom, this, it's not just Tom. 
billionaires are bribing our politicians left and right. That's why we live in the United Corporations of America. But a top aide to Democratic presidential candidate Tom Steyer in Iowa privately offered campaign contributions to local politicians in exchange for endorsing his White House bid, according to multiple people with direct knowledge of the conversation. Like, does Tom Steyer think that they're just going to go around willy-nilly offering bribes and, like, not one person might squeal? The overture is from Pat Murphy, a former State House speaker who is serving as a top advisor on Steyer's Iowa campaign. They're not illegal, though payments for endorsements would violate campaign finance laws if not disclosed. No, it's not illegal to bribe our public servants. It's just untoward. There's no evidence that any Iowans accepted the offer or received contributions from Steyer's campaign as compensation for their backing. But the proposals could revive criticism that the billionaire Steyer is trying to buy his way into the White House. Several state lawmakers and political candidates said they were surprised Steyer's campaign would think he could purchase their support. Tom Courtney, a former Democratic state senator from southeastern Iowa who's running for re-election to his old seat, told the Associated Press that the financial offer, quote, left a bad taste in my mouth. Murphy said concerns about his outreach were the result of miscommunication. Oh, miscommunication. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's hard. They must have miscommunicated whether you were offering to pay in dollars or rubles or shekels. Very, very confusing. I mean, give it up. Give it up to Tom. He's bold. Remember, he said on the debate stage that he's the best one to restore democracy, I think was his term. This is one way of doing it. Just bribe every last one of them to put them in the White House. Now, in fairness, Tom Steyer has given a lot of good money to climate change, um, environmental causes, so it's not all bad for Tom. I mean, Tom, if you're going to bribe people, you don't do it through your top aid, dude. You ever hear of intermediaries? Not in your campaign? Hello? Hello? 